0: want to start yeah let's do it there's some breaking news and you know i think we got to get into it and you know i texted you guys i don't know if you read anything or saw it or whatever
1: it it's been floating around the internet for for a week or two
0: i don't think anyone's shocked but i'm a little shocked to see it now lane lane kiffin potential auburn next head coach as we record on a monday night november 21st they should Uh, hire him it's great for Auburn for lane. What do you think, Dan?
2: Well, I think, uh, it makes a lot of sense for Auburn because they're trying to compete with Alabama. And obviously you can see the, the the fantastic job that he did, not only at FAU, but at Ole Miss, I mean, they've been ranked in the top 15 or 10 or whatever all year, you know, they're exciting. They, they have a lot of good social media and, That's what Auburn's missing. I mean, Auburn's a very lame team right now with no excitement. So, you know, I mean, it's a great move for Auburn. But for Lane, I don't think it makes a lot of sense. It seems like the same job as Ole Miss. It doesn't feel like if he goes to Auburn, it's like, okay, well, now he's going to get the players that he needs to win a national title. Um, It seems like a slight upgrade from Ole Miss, but not a massive one. Um, don't you think, don't don't you think the ceiling is
0: higher at Auburn? I mean, they're, a you know, they've got a couple championships under their belt. Ole Miss, you know, is not a championship caliber team.
2: I know, but like right now, like the Ole Miss football program is way ahead of the Auburn program over the past five years, even.
0: Oh, no, no doubt about that. I'm saying like, can you win a title at Ole Miss, even if you're the best coach alive?
2: Yes, I think you can. Uh, I think he's changed it where people are actually open to going there out of high school as a five-star recruit. Uh, obviously, with NIL and the transfer portal, I think he convinced a lot of people to go there because they're fun and exciting. Um, I think if this was like, you know, uh, 2005 or something, he would he would have to go to Auburn. He would have no shot at Ole Miss. But with social media and NIL, I think he has the equal chance of winning at both places.
1: Guys, it's to me, it's real simple. What's Lane's actual dream job?
0: Well, Alabama, of course. And correct.
1: We- correct. Go ahead. So, if Alabama's his dream job, could he actually go from Auburn to Alabama? Would that even no. be allowed? And in- exactly. So, the only way he can take the Alabama job is if he stays in mm-hmm. Old Miss. They'll hire the Old Miss coach at Alabama. They will never hire the Auburn coach at Alabama. And that's his dream job. He will not go to Auburn because that will ruin his chance of ever su- succeed succeeding Nick Saban at Alabama, which is what he wants to do.
0: So uh, bre- breaking news, uh, Lane Kiffin has um, responded on Twitter, retweeted the uh, breaking news that he was going <clears throat> to be the next Auburn coach. And he wrote, that's news to me. Nice sources. So we can count that as a denial. We know denials in this day and age don't always mean everything, but uh, that's a pretty strong denial by Lane.
2: I think it's real. Like, I think this is a lot different than Lincoln Riley last year uh, being asked at a post-game press conference. I mean, I feel like Lane's like, I'm not going there because it's it's in the same conference and it's close. Um, I don't know. I just don't think it's going to happen. I think Auburn's going to name somebody else, but we'll see.
0: Um, what would you do if you're Auburn? Like, you know, either do you have a name or like, what type of guy are you looking for? <sighs> a Lane Kiffin type who brings excitement and offense.
2: You have to do something to completely change it up because right now they're awful. I mean, you got to roll the dice with Dion or Hugh Freeze or, I don't know who else is even out there. I mean, I'm trying to think off the top of my head right now. That's,
0: that's quite a, a diaspora of coaches, Dion or freeze. There's gotta be some other option in there.
2: No, there's not. <laughs> uh.
0: I like Dion too, a lot, but like, I feel like he's got a, he's got one more intermediary step before he can go to an sec program. Like let's get him at a you know NC State or something like that first. Ryan says Go big no. or
1: go go big or go home, baby. It's prime time.
0: All right, Ryan. Uh you know, what are you looking for in the next Auburn coach? You're a coaching expert. Well,
1: I think there's really two things that you need with with Auburn is one, you need somebody who who can who can recruit the South blindfolded, right? Like that was the big Harson issues. Like that guy could not recruit Gus Melzahn or uh, not um, Gene Chiggins. Like that guy didn't know the South. Like you need someone from the South. That's step number one. If you don't say "y'all" in regular conversation, you are disqualified from this position. mm Hmm. And then number two, I think you need to bring someone in who commands a bit of, who commands respect. Um, Yeah, I think like the lane, fun, social media stuff, like that's, that's great. But like Auburn's a dumpster fire and they need someone to come in and write the ship and get their, get them straight, straightened out. And I think that you need someone who can do that. So you know, I don't usually go for that type of hire, but I think for Auburn, that's what they need. Maybe the next coach after that can be the, the crazy fun guy. And you can still have a crazy fun offense with a with a guy who commands respect, but I think that's the biggest thing is, like, no, like, random assistant coach. No. No, like, seventh-time head coach retread. Like, you need to bring someone in who people respect.
0: So we got Not one, sure who that is. one vote for Lane and one vote for Sonny Dykes Spurrier. They need to bring Steve Spurrier, Spurrier, back. Spurrier. It's the
2: only thing that makes sense. There's a
0: Steve Spurrier Jr. Right. Get him in. What about a, a speaking of juniors? What about Shane Beamer Jr. Or Shane? I guess just Shane Beamer. Not actually a junior. I don't
2: know. No.
0: <laughs> he can't parlay he- one great win into a new career. You know, you know what?
2: Declined.
1: You know who and you guys are gonna laugh because this is gonna be like the most non-take the points statement I can make. The more I think about it, why not go get Stoops from Kentucky? Mark Stoops? He's like oh, yeah. his name,
0: I mean his name's been around. We're fans of him, of the Stoops family. He's the one I'd hire.
1: I mean, I think he's done what he can do at Kentucky. Like he did a great job at Kentucky and he stayed there longer than anyone gave Like thought he ever would. I think maybe it's time to go to the sec West and see what he can do.
0: The guy who I like, who I think commands respect and um, plays tough physical sec style ball would be uh, Chris Kleiman from Kansas state. I, th- I love what he's done since taking over that job. I think he's, you know, youngish, got a bright future. I like him, I think. And the way, you know, the SEC is absorbing Oklahoma, Texas. I feel like the big 12 is just going to become a, um, you know, like a development ground for coaches to go off to bigger conferences. I hate to say it, but like the big 12, right. the remaining big 12 is just going to be like a feeder league for other bigger programs.
1: I got another name that's I've got in mind, but I'm going to save that for later.
0: All right. Well, if you gentlemen are ready, we can start the show in earnest. This is Thanksgiving week, week 13, Take the Points College Football Mm -hmm. Podcast. I'm Tom. You've heard from Dan and Ryan already. Um, Before we get into this week's lines, which uh, there are many games spread over many nights, um, we were just talking about it, how it's an okay week, not as good usually as the Thanksgiving week is. But, you know, we said the same thing last week. And it turned out to be an awesome week of college football. So there's just no, no down weeks in CFB. So, uh, Ryan, we'll start with you. Anything you want to reflect on from week 12?
1: Tinder team just keeps coming up roses, baby. You know, like every time we think we're getting ghosted, she, she replies last second, you know, I, I send her the you up. She makes us wait. She makes us, us wait. she makes us wait. Yeah, I brush the teeth. I am getting into bed, and then I get the reply. Boom! Let's do this.
0: <laughs> yeah, sorry, just got finished with Baylor. What's up? Um, yeah, man, TCU keeps doing it, and uh, with some of the losses, you know, Tennessee, most notably, like TCU's carving out their own future. Do we? We still think that a one loss TCU's out, though, right? I mean, they, the, yes, the playoff committee does yeah. not want them.
2: No, no. Um,
0: Dan, other reflections.
2: Weird week. Uh, Ohio state was in trouble. Michigan should have lost South Carolina destroyed Tennessee. UCF lost the Navy, even though Navy attempted zero passes. Miami had 97 yards of total offense and hit rock bottom and the UMass Minutemen. Covered with ease, and more importantly, Iowa-Minnesota, after a hot 10-7 start, pumped the brakes big time and finished 13-10 as expected. Oh, Andy, your opinion is wrong game. Uh, Texas scored 100 on Kansas, even though Kansas got their starting quarterback back. Uh, yeah. And I think the game still went under because Kansas didn't really score. So figure that one out. No idea.
0: Yeah. We said it, um, the other week, but Kansas and Syracuse, especially, um, thank God you got bowl eligible early. They got it done and then they just kind (laughs) of called off the dogs and, uh, let's get those teams together for the 20th anniversary of the national championship basketball game. That'll be great. Uh, UConn, our beloved Huskies laid an egg, not mm. covering the spread. And what I thought was the easiest bet. I only made four bets last week. I texted them to you guys. It was UMass, UConn, Notre Dame, and then my beloved Penn State, which came in easily. Three of them won UMass, Notre Dame, teams I would never normally bet on. And then UConn, which I thought was a lock, loses. So, you just never know how it's going to go with sports gambling. Like you can have a good week and yet still lose the one you think is the easiest. So what the hell do we know? Um, well, we'll see what we know because, uh, I say we get into the lines, you know, I've got a lot to say about important matchups and, you know, what's coming <coughs> over the next couple of weeks, but you know, let's just get into the lines and we'll, it will all come to us. Danny.
2: All right. Sounds good. Let's go. Thursday night, Egg Bowl, Mississippi State at Ole Miss. We're not messing around. This is the Your Opinion is Wrong game of the week.
0: Yes. Right
2: off the bat, uh, Mississippi State coming in uh, on a 56-7 win over Eastern Tennessee State. Uh, Ole Miss got blown out by Arkansas, but still ran for 473 yards. And had seven hundred yards of offense and got blown out. Seven hundred yards of offense and got blown out. Can I say Good something? Luck there, this one. there Go is right um,
0: one of my favorite things they do on ESPN is because you know they're all their modern stats, which started like in the nineties, is when they do the stat where they're like, "This is the uh, most yards someone has gotten and lost by this much since." at least 1996. they' I love the uh the at least stat they're like it could have been since 1940 it could have been since 1897 we didn't take, keep stats back then but it's pretty bad and as long as we've been measuring this is the worst
2: yep all right uh go ahead Tom your choice all right uh, l- miss let me miss, it, miss it, <laughs> old miss minus two and a half total 59.
0: All right, let me set this up because uh, if anyone's new, your opinion is wrong is Dan's newest, hottest segment, our favorite new segment on the show where Dan picks a game that is impossible to pick any side or any over-under on the total. And uh, Ryan and I will pick, we'll offer opposing views and Dan will tell both of us why we're all wrong about everything. So I'll go first. Uh, First off, You know, Lane, we talked about him earlier. Ole Miss is just playing great. Mississippi State is two up and down. Mike Leach is all over the place. Ole Miss is at home. Um, These teams always result in a shootout. So to me, it's easy. Ole Miss is going to win by two touchdowns and it's going to go over Ole Miss and the over high-scoring game.
2: Those choices are wrong, Tom. Uh, You're going to pick against Mike Leach who his favorite part of Thanksgiving is to cook a good turkey gravy. You're going to pick against him on Thanksgiving? Wrong decision. Lane's head is God knows where. He might be taking the Auburn job. You want an over? Ole Miss had 700 yards last week and scored 27 points. What they need? Fucking 1,200 yards this, like to score 40 this week? Not going to happen. If They're going to get 500 yards total offense and score 16 points, so you just can't take an over. So... I don't like either of those picks. Ryan, what do you like in this game?
1: I think this is an easy game to pick, actually. I mean, you just said it. Ole Miss got blown out last week. Mississippi State won by 50. They're the team with momentum. They're the team with the more stable situation right now. uh, So I think this is an easy play. Mississippi State, like you said, Dan, Ole Miss loves to run the ball. Mississippi State throws these nice, short, controlled passes. They keep the game low. Clock's going to run forever, going to run fast. Mississippi State in the under is an easy play for me.
2: All right, those are both wrong as well. Uh, Mike Leach will be way too focused on cooking that turkey gravy in order to focus on this week. Uh, Mississippi State only has two wins in the past six weeks. One against Lame Auburn and one against Eastern Tennessee State they've lost every other game uh, under is also not coming in uh, old miss has given up 42 30 28 45 and they give up 34 points to terrible Auburn Mississippi State's definitely gonna score 50 on them so and 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 it won't be enough because old Miss will outscore them so uh, I don't like either of those picks either it's just it's just not gonna work out.
0: Well, there you have it, folks. I really, man, I really love this segment, how everybody leans into it. A lot of the word word easy pick comes up a lot during this segment, which I enjoy. Um, So the way things are going, this means we'll either get a uh, 10 to 8 triple overtime game or a 77-76 game that is forfeited by lightning in the third quarter. Mm-hmm. No other options.
2: Leech and Lane on Thanksgiving. Good luck figuring out motivational angles for this. One. Uh okay, let's go on to Friday. A lot of Friday games this week. Um, all right, Tulane at Cincinnati. Nice little game to start the day. ease into it a little bit. Cincinnati minus two, total 46 and a half. Tulane destroyed SMU last week. Beautiful win at home. Brian had a really good point in that game, saying it was like the biggest game in Tulane's history, and he was right. They showed up. The over came in with ease. Cincinnati just keeps plugging along. They're 9-2. and two. We kind of forgot about their coach, Luke Fickle. Maybe he'll be a candidate at Auburn. Just throwing that out there. Could be. Um, this one's tough. Uh, I think Tulane might be slightly ahead of Cincinnati, but it's a road game in Ohio, Thanksgiving weekend. Never easy especially the day for Thanksgiving must be tough to play a road game or maybe it's an advantage to play a road game or not around family. I don't know either way, Tom, kick it off.
0: I think you just summed it up. I mean, it is Tulane seems, uh, like they're on a tear. They've been looking like the best, uh, group of five team. I think, um, Cincinnati's more of the, the legacy, you know, having a great last year and having the, the better known coach, I feel like it's a toss-up. So I'm going to lean with the home team uh, against my better judgment. So I'm going to go Cincy, but I don't like it at all.
2: Right, Well,
1: guys, here's the thing. We're going to have this little special segment today because it's Thanksgiving week, and we want to give thanks to the good coaches, to the underrated coaches. We're not going to bag on the tarmac. We don't want anyone to get fired during the holidays. So we're going to do ourselves the Thanksgiving underrated coaches list. We do it once a year. And I think this is a gr- a great time to just get this thing going.
0: I'm excited. I was not ready for this. Oh yeah, this is great. Here we go. Number five,
1: Kane Womack at South Alabama. That's right. Kane back It is a deep cut. Here's something you guys might not know. He was born in April of 87.
2: Jesus.
0: Cool.
1: And he played originally at Arkansas as a fullback. Unfortunately, that was a pretty loaded running back room with Darren McFadden. Felix Jones and Peyton, and Peyton Hillis Hullis, right? was the was the starting fullback. He ended up transferring out of that situation, but Kane Womack, South Alabama. They uh really good season this year. Uh, I think he's going to do some good things. I like him. All right, number 4, we got a tie. We got a 4A and a 4B. We got two smart schools down in the state of North Carolina, and their coaches deserve some shout-outs. Mike Elko at Duke hired 2021, so it might be a little early, but he deserves a little bit of love. Former a coordinator. Man, they could really use him. Mm-hmm. And then Tom's favorite, got to give him the props he deserves, Dave Klaassen. Awesome. yeah. Wake Forest, what he's done at Wake Forest is just absolutely incredible. Uh, a basketball school, an academic school, and he's got them consistently scoring points, playing a fun style. Dave Clawson, props. Number three, going to put him on the list despite being his first season, Sonny Dykes at TCU. This is just everywhere he goes he uh, he wins everywhere so he gets the underrated coach appreciation because he should have gotten a bigger job by now and uh, he might get one after this
0: yeah not not underrated for long no but
1: take the points favorite we've been on him for many years number two you guys might not know this guy either Jeff trailer. At UTSA, the Roadrunners, twenty-eight and nine record currently in his third season there. That's pretty ridiculous. That's really really good. UTSA. Now here's something even more incredible. Where did he come from? He came from the high school ranks in Texas, Class Four A. That's the second biggest of the uh, the Texas classes for football. He had a 175 and 26 record in Texas high school football in 14 years. Like four time coach of the year, like many, like three state titles. Like that's impressive. That guy can coach. He's not going to stay underrated long. And at number one, because this is the game we were talking about, Willie Fritz at Tulane. He is underrated. He's been great at Tulane. And as I teased earlier, Tom, a guy in the South that could command respect Mm. and lead the Auburn Tigers wouldn't have to move far. He could even steal some recruits from LSU with those Louisiana connections. He's got at Tulane now. Willie Fritz is going to... Beat Cincinnati this week. He's going to a new year six, and he might go on to the Auburn job. That's my pick, and that's my Thanksgiving list of underrated coaches.
0: Thank you, Ryan, for that. I like that. And you were on Willie Fritz last year or two years ago for your uh, underrated coaches. So there's some repeat names. Usually, your underrated coaches, much like your tarmac coaches, do not last long. Your underrated coaches do not last long as underrated. Sonny Dykes has been on there before he's, you know, barely under, I mean, he's still underrated, but he's not, um, little known or unknown anymore. He's a highly known underrated coach. Um, yes.
1: Among football, college football people know who he is, but the general public watching sports center before work still don't know who Sonny Dykes is.
0: That's true. All right. I'm going to set up the next game. This one, you know, we can, we can go back, but I'm skipping ahead a little. I have no comment on this. This is solely for the two of you. Arizona state travels to Tucson to face Arizona. The two Phoenix boys, Dan and Ryan are going to break this down. The wildcats are three and a half point favorite three and a half to four, depending on where you look. And, uh, where's my total. I don't know. I've lost the total, but anyway, 64, 64. Okay. That sounds about right. All right. So who wants it first? Dan, it's I'll on you. I'll take
2: it. Okay. This is, <laughs> I, I, I've already talked to Ryan about this. This is a touchy subject for me, Tom. So I went to Vegas in July and they released the game of the year Alliance And one of the lines was Arizona State minus 17 in this game against Arizona. So I went to the South Point to bet Arizona plus 17 because I knew Herm was a fucking train wreck and Arizona State was going to suck this year. So I get to the sports book there and I grab the game of of the the games of the year lines and they took it down. It wasn't available. And all year I've been like, man, I know Arizona State sucks. Sure enough, I could not wait for this line to pop up on Sunday, and I saw it, and I text Ryan immediately. I was like, motherfucker. I knew it. So anyway, I'm angry about this. And guess what? It doesn't matter. Arizona minus four is still the right side. A
0: 21-point swing.
2: Over-under wins this year for Arizona State was uh, six and a half uh, with plus odds to the under. That was easy. Uh, Arizona has lost five in a row to Arizona state. They got him at home this, this, uh, this week, Arizona state's a complete mess. Um, Arizona's actually played well. I mean, they just beat UCLA two weeks ago. Um, so I think they get it done here. They go to five and seven. Um, Arizona's uh, had a really nice year given how bad that they've been. Uh, their coach is starting to turn things around there. I like what I see out of Arizona. On the other side, Arizona State needs a full rebuild. Uh, moral of the story: Not sure about the t- total, but lay the four with Arizona. I think they, uh, I, I think they get it done here. Ryan, what do you think?
1: I mostly agree, except I did happen to see the quarterback and receiver throwing punches at each other on <laughs> yeah, the sideline. Yeah, forgot lines. about
2: that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> good call. Good call. Strike what I just said. Stay away. Stay away. Under. That the under.
1: Under is exactly what I was going to say is I don't have as much confidence as I had a week, a week ago. So we'll see how that situation plays out. I'm going to play an under in this game. All right. Very so you, good.
0: So you guys are telling me that uh, Sean Aguano will not be the future head coach of Arizona State.
1: No. No. <laughs> um he Aguano he actually might be because he's such a legend here in arizona and he was the chandler coach and he's got all those guys you know terrell Suggs and all them so like i don't know the guys put a bunch of dudes in the nfl so it's he put more guys in the nfl than freaking herm edwards did
2: yeah he did
1: from from chandler high
2: I still think it's going to be that Oregon offensive coordinator from Scottsdale who coached to like five different programs there in the Valley. It makes sense for him to come back.
1: Um, I think it's Dion.
2: I, That I I think it's too far west for Dion. I think he stays with a 300-mile radius to Tallahassee at all times. I think it's LA. all Atlanta.
1: LA's like a 35-minute flight, dude. He could be in LA doing commercials.
2: Oh, perfect. he takes the job, he's not going to live in Phoenix. He's just going to live in L.A. and commute <laughs> in every day. Be like, oh, I got I gotta, I gotta to commute to work. Yeah,
1: he's going to have a house in L.A., a house in Vegas, and a house in Scottsdale. And he's just going to rotate.
2: <laughs> it's possible. We'll see. All right, let's move on here for a couple more Friday games. NC State travels to North Carolina. This one's a mess. North Carolina minus six and a half, total 56. What the hell, North Carolina? Up 17 nothing to Georgia Tech, and then you lose? Don't My score God. any more points? What in the hell? What in the hell happened? I need to go back and watch that footage. NC State is no good at all since they lost uh, their quarterback. But somehow they're still ranked 24th. I feel like they could lose every game, and they're still ranked number 24. Um, this was almost your the, your opinion is wrong game. Uh, any thoughts on this one at all, Tom? Six and
0: a half, total 56. Well, NC State has been awful since uh, Dennis Leary's been out. Um, UNC all-time choke job last week. I, I don't even know what to say. UNC would Horrible. be my pick if the Georgia Tech thing didn't happen, but I don't know how you get that out of your mind. Uh, I guess I'm going to put my faith in, you know, Heisman finalist Drake Yolo May and uh, – Mays may I was May up. Drake may And uh yeah North Carolina take Yeah a, Ryan. Thoughts off, on this? Wave it like a helicopter
2: Spin it Ryan.
1: If let's say UNC took care of business last Week up 17 nothing let's say they win The game 27 to 17 ugly but they Win what's yep. the line on this 16 and a half
2: Yep
0: not six and a half
2: at least 13 and a half. Yeah, I, I don't think yeah. it's
0: that much higher. I'd put it, yeah, 12, 13.
2: Yeah,
1: I'm going to take UNC in the over. Hook it. If May's is going to make the Heisman final, if he's going to make it to the, the ceremony, then he's going to have to throw at least 400 yards and five touchdowns in this game.
2: Correct. Uh I'm also kicking myself because after North Carolina lost and after Hendon Hooker blew his ACL and they lost, I should have bet Caleb Williams to win the Heisman right then because it basically eliminated those two and it's either Caleb Williams or CJ Shroud's gonna win it now. So
0: don't, don't jump the gun on that. We'll get to USC. Duggin.
2: Duggin. They won't give it to him.
1: Really, Dan? No, I think the voters really like what he brings to the table. <laughs> I'm
2: telling you, they hate TCU. Everyone does, except for us. But that's okay. Um, I, know, I understand your point, though. All right, uh, let's, let, let, let's power through a couple more weird games on Friday. Arkansas-Missouri, Arkansas minus three, total 56. Can Arkansas please beat Missouri so we don't have to see Missouri make a bowl game? Can we all just blind bet Arkansas this week and hope to keep them out. Just be an agreement there.
0: Yeah. I mean, normally I'd, I'd lean toward the team that's trying to get bowl eligible, which is something we bring up at this point of the season every year. But like, uh, Elijah Drinkwitz just got his massive extension for no apparent reason. And so like, I don't, I don't feel like they care Missouri's they're cooked.
2: Correct. Okay. Moving on Nebraska at Iowa. Iowa minus 10 and a half total 38. Well, well, well 38. You say Tom go right ahead.
0: Two numbers that are both too high. <laughs>
2: that is correct. <laughs>
0: um, look no further than the beautiful Wisconsin one point win over Nebraska for a template of this game. Um, mm-hmm. I I mean, the way things are going, Iowa can, you know, be up 21 0 without scoring an offensive touchdown in the first quarter. So there's always that, but, you know, logic would say they can't cover a 10 point spread against anybody, especially, especially, uh, you know, a normal team like Nebraska. I'm not saying they're good, but like for Iowa to be minus 10, you've got to, it's got to be a group of five FCS, you know what I mean? <laughs> and 38, I mean, come, come on Vegas, you know, you want to do it, you know, you want to do it. You want to set the Big Ten West total of 29 and a half. This is another opportunity to do it, and you've you've passed. Just send it to Dan. We all know the answer. Dan, what do you got?
2: (laughs) All lowest total you can find. Do it again. Run it back. Let's just check in on Nebraska's last four games and see how many points they've scored here, boys. 9, 13, 3, 14.
0: Yeah, but Dan, how many of those games have they covered? They covered last week with nine. Well,
2: yeah. But, all right, so let's see. It's 22, 25. They've scored 39 points in four weeks. That's a 9.5 average. Take three points off for traveling road to Iowa. So they're not scoring more than seven. So can Iowa score 31.5 points? No, no, I think, uh, this is real, real easy. Just bet the under cash in yet again.
0: I'm telling you, Nebraska is going to cover this. Also, Iowa cannot cover a 10 point spread and it's the big 10 West. So don't be surprised if Iowa just chokes it out completely and Nebraska wins and like Minnesota, Minnesota somehow ends up in the big 10 championship game.
2: Very possible. You You
0: you don't know. Everyone's still alive. It's gonna USC is joining the Big Ten West in a couple of years. It's gonna be so funny.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, so real, real quick we've talked uh, many many times this year about Iowa's ridiculous coaching staff of Kirk and Brian Ferenc. Um In other college football news, Northern Colorado today fired Ed McCaffrey as head coach, which brings oh, um, no. family, to a whole nother level of bullshit. Ed McCaffrey hired with zero coaching experience. Then he hired his son to be offensive coordinator with zero head coaching experience. And they brought in his son to play quarterback when he had no college offers anywhere. All three of those losers are all gone. So you think Iowa's bad? McCaffrey took it to another level at uh, Northern Colorado. So goodbye to all three of those. Just wanted to mention that real quick. All right, let's move on. Primetime game Friday night. Florida at Florida State. Florida State minus nine and a half, total 58. Bravo, Mike Norvell Mm -hmm. in Florida State. You've had a fantastic year. Uh, You've been hot the past six weeks, blowing teams out left and right, Uh, really taking care of business all over the place. very impressive. They've won four in a row, 41-16, 45-3, 38-3, and 49-17. It's pretty good. Good job. Um, impressive. Impressive stuff. Uh, they lost at home to Wake Forest at NC State by two points and home against Clemson by six, but they won every other game this year. Florida, on the other hand, is a total mystery. Uh, you never know what you're going to get out of them. Their defense is terrible uh Richardson might be good might be bad We're, we, no one still knows um it's a rivalry game so you know you definitely want to lean take the points. And there's definitely a backdoor possibility here but I, I, I honestly wouldn't wager against Florida State right now they're they're playing really really good uh Ryan any thoughts on this one?
1: No I mean it's exactly what you said just watching the last month of football there's no way you can watch these la- these two teams over the last month. And see this as as a one-score game. I just don't see that. So Florida State's the the momentum play. They look like they're having fun. They look like they're finally figured some things out. So um, and honestly, they have the better quarterback in this game. They just do. Richardson mm-hmm. is just he's not he's not just, he's having a tough year.
2: And also Florida coming off a loss to Vandy, by the way. I forgot to mention that one uh Vandy has the uh I think it's the n- 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 number two longest I think it's the second longest SEC win streak right now at two games I believe I think I heard that stack correctly which is remarkable um yeah. but good job by Vandy uh very very impressive anyway um all right, that wraps up Friday. Let's go on to Saturday. Saturday morning, we got some heavy hitters. This one's not a heavy hitter, but I want to see how, how Georgia in the under comes in here. Georgia Tech at Georgia, Georgia minus thirty-six, total forty-eight.
0: Amazing. The Ryan Spillet. That's a Ryan spillet window for you. Ryan
2: not a lot of wiggle room here. Gentlemen, it's enough. All right. I'm not interested in it uh, on, on a total or a side. Can this come in the under Georgia hook? Ryan, can it come in?
1: Yes, it can. Georgia <laughs> tech got their, got their win last week. That's their season. They have no chance in this game. This is going to be,
0: <laughs> hang on, hang on, Ryan. Don't say it. Everybody take out your phone notes app and write down a score.
2: I got a score
0: and then we'll, I've got a score too. And then we'll flip it around. All right.
2: I got a different, I'll just phone. put Come it, on. I'll put I, it up with my hands.
0: Dan, you can just yell it out if you want. I got mine here. All right. Ready? All right. You ready? One, one, two, three, 45, nothing, 45. <laughs> oh, I, know. I'm the one who has faith in Georgia tech with 42 to three. All right. So 45, we got five, we got two 45, 45 nothings. nothings and we got a 42 to three, we're all pretty much on the same page. So, uh, via the, uh, you know, we run this like a board meeting, you know, we all vote and we come away with one conclusion, which is, uh, lay the points with Georgia, take the (laughs) under and shut out prop.
2: Z, uh, last week in our, um, uh, you know, um, To prove that I'm a man of my word, I screenshotted you my UMass plus 34 and a half ticket and my alt under 27 and a half Iowa. This week, I will screenshot you my Georgia under hook bet as well, just to show you I'm a man of my word.
0: I'd like to say something about that, and I'd like to say this directly to the American people. You did that on uh, Friday night. You sent that UMass uh, plus 34. So I'm like, all right, I'm a man of my word. I'll do it. I'm not going to bet quite as much as you, but I'll put, I put down, I think 15 bucks. I got it at minus uh, or plus 32. So in those 12 (laughs) hours from Friday night to Saturday morning, enough people bet on UMass, the UMass Minutemen to drop the line by two whole points. Mm -hmm. So that is the Dan Partridge bump right there.
2: Easy. There's was no, never in I'll,
0: doubt. I'll tell you what there is. You know, when we started this, there was like three college football podcasts. Now there's 3000. I know that we are, we are the only one Adam. There might be another one who picked UMass, but nobody was adamantly stumping for UMass like us and nobody's was, screenshotting UMass lines. So
2: it was, it was three, three, three end of the third, like, <laughs> like two oh, it was left am- the third it was, it was three, amazing. three,
0: yeah. And then oh. a had a flurry of scoring in the fourth quarter to, for a 20 to three final.
2: Ryan called it exactly. This is going to be really bad. That's what you said. <laughs> like bad. You said 27, 16, very close. Very close. Keep as you, Ryan God, said, funny.
0: let me give some credit to Ryan for a couple of things. First off, uh, as you said last week, Just keep digging. You'll hit oil eventually. And you can pay that Jimbo buyout (laughs) because it needs to be done. Just keep digging, Texas, you know? Um, Also going back to Florida, uh, they beat Utah week one. And then I think, uh, I think they lost to somebody week two, Kentucky, maybe. Kentucky. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Ryan, you said uh, with regards to Napier as the new head coach, you're like, listen, we saw him beat Utah. Everybody thought they were going to be off to a hot start, but it's going to be a bumpy ride. You know, Dan Mullen wrecked the program so thoroughly that it's going to take time to rebuild for, from that, much in the same way it took uh, Mike Norvell time to rebuild from from our beautiful friend Willie Taggart. Willie. Yeah. And you see the fruits of the labor now for uh, Norvell. And if Napier can manage to stick around for three years, you know, it's going to take – Years in Florida years to rebuild from uh, apathetic Dan Mullen and the job he did there. So, Dan Mullen. The, Dan very Mullen.
2: true, Tom. Um, Thank you, Tom.
0: Dan Mullen, great announcer, by the way. Great uh, analyst.
2: <laughs> Much better than coach.
0: So, enjoy that booth. Stay there as long as you want.
2: All right. Uh, it's time to stop messing around. Game of the week Michigan at Ohio State. Ohio State minus seven and a half, total 57. Both teams really tried to fuck it up last week. Michigan got extremely lucky on a miss offensive pass interference call to win that game. Ohio State decided to jack around as usual and give up 30 to Maryland. Tom, can you lay seven and a half with Ohio State here at home in a revenge spot with everything on the line? In total 57. Is that too low? Question mark. Answer them both.
0: Um, I got a lot to say first off, go right ahead. I, this is where I commandeer the show for like 25 minutes. First go off ahead. watching last week. And this has been obvious for a few weeks. Um, we do our segment that we did in, I think 2018 or 17, the greatest teams of our lifetime. And, you know, we broke down, we had the, our bracket. It was like 95, Nebraska, Tebow, Florida, 01 Miami We did that. And then after that, there were more teams like each year we would look back, like where does this team rank in the greatest teams of our lifetime? So 2019 LSU, you know, arguably right at the top, certainly top three, that 2020 Alabama team was great. Last year's Georgia team was great. I can assure you boys that whoever wins the national championship this year will not be near the top of that list. And, uh, no, everyone just, Wants to lose like all these teams. I feel like nobody really wants it. Nobody wants to just win decisively. There's nobody who is head and shoulders above the rest. Georgia's the best team, but like even they barely won at Kentucky. So um, we're, we're not looking at stellar teams this year. So keep that in mind when we predict Michigan OSU, like these are two pretty good teams, but not neither is great. Uh, OSU has been dicking around for weeks um, part of the reason is because of the run game. Henderson was injured for a couple weeks, and now Mayan Williams has been—he um, was out for a couple weeks. Allegedly, they'll both be back for the Michigan game, which I think makes a huge difference. Marvin Harrison is now like a Bolitnikov finalist potentially. He's uh, killing it like his dad out there. Um, Michigan, Michigan is a, a tough physical team. Great running back, great run game, good ball control, it kind of reminiscent of those old Harbaugh-Stanford teams or even last year's Michigan team. So to me, it's um, two opposing styles, and it's almost impossible to pick. I think you have to take the points. Um, if you were setting aside last week, then I would take eight points with Michigan for sure in this game. And I think Michigan's got a 50, 50, 50 chance to just beat them outright. Um, Ohio state gets a slight edge because it's at home and because it's a revenge game. But I think, I mean, I really think Michigan has the advantage in the trenches and in the run game and, you know, in the places that matter. So I'm kind of leaning Michigan just to win outright, but I don't like it, and uh, last week just makes this impossible because of uh, that game against Illinois, which they tried to lose. Ohio State, I mean, they like tried to lose against Maryland. Like, Neither of these teams seems to want it. I hope that they've just been kind of biding their time for this game. That's my hope because um, if the last few weeks are actually indicative of how good these teams are, they're going to get smoked by Georgia or probably anyone they play in the first round of the playoff. So take the points with Michigan, small money line wager, and uh, don't bet either of these teams for the national championship. Dan. Oh, and by the way,
2: Thank you, Tom.
0: No CJ Stroud for Heisman. I'll talk more about this later when we get to uh, Caleb Williams.
2: Okay. Ryan. Um, I don't think
1: Michigan's any good. <laughs> I, I think I don't. I think I think their quarterback is like extremely below mediocre. Like here's the thing. yeah, Maryland gave Ohio State a, a good game, but Talia was freaking chucking it all over the place. You know what Michigan can't do? Chuck it all over the place. He can chuck it backwards. He can check it down. He can't chuck it deep. So, Ohio State's just going to come in. They're going to have a game plan. And we don't know if Michigan's running back is even healthy or not. That's big. He's wearing a walking boot delivering turkeys this week. Like, I don't know what's going on there. I think this for me, this is actually seems like a relatively easy play for Ohio State, actually. I, I don't believe in this Michigan team. I think the best non-conference game they played the whole year was Connecticut.
2: Yeah. So it like
1: was. it's not even close. Like UConn was the biggest challenge they've had. Like, I just think that Ohio state's the better, the better team right now.
0: So uh, Michigan has the second worst um, schedule of power five teams in the whole country. You know who had the worst? UCLA. And what's funny about that is those teams were supposed to play this year and they, they canceled the contract.
1: Neither team wanted to play anyone that was competent. Yeah. Correct.
0: They trade, uh, I will get rid of a, my UCLA and I will trade you for one UConn. Yeah,
1: we're going to play right. Hawaii. Great.
0: All right, Dan, tiebreaker.
2: Yeah. Uh, I like the over in this game. I don't think either team... Is uh, any good either, even though they're second and third. And I don't want, see, this is weird. Okay, so I have a future bet on Ohio State winning the Big Ten. But if they win and Michigan loses, I think Michigan's still going to weasel into the four slot somehow. And that means we get a Georgia Michigan rematch, which we don't need at all. Or, or I guess maybe we do, and I'll just lay it with Georgia. I don't know. Um, Michigan's more physical, and Ohio State seems just like weak and soft. Like, I, I, like, even going back to week two when they played against Notre Dame, like they got pushed around by Notre Dame. Uh, they gave up, or they were outgained two weeks in a row, including against Northwestern, who can't even play football. Um, each team has flaws, and they can't be trusted. Um, honestly, this is going to be a sound lame, but I don't think I'm going to wager this game at all. Uh, I just don't, I don't like it whatsoever. So there's that. I, well, I have no vote. I'm going to pass. I'm going to do, right. pa- do a Ryan pass. I was actually hoping he was going to go pass on the biggest big 10 game of the year. Be like, I still I don't give to. a shit. I really I wanted, wanted, I wanted you to. I wanted it. I wanted it. Damn all right. It. So okay, one okay.
0: Michigan, one Ohio state and one pass. Yep. That's the kind of expert analysis you can only get at the take the points college football podcast. Best of luck in your betting
2: endeavors. (laughs) We gave you zero insight into that game. Great. Um, all right. Also at 10 AM South Carolina at Clemson, Clemson minus 14 and a half total 50 and a half. Okay. I don't think lightning can strike twice for Spencer Rattler. I, this feels like four interceptions in this game out of him. We don't think Clemson's any good, but I think they'll, they'll find a way to win and make their way to the ACC title game. And I still think that there's a good chance they they, they, they also sneak into that four slot. And they weasel their way in there. Um, but I'm not laying more than two touchdowns with uh, Clemson. I just I have no faith in them. Um And it's hard to take an over with them as well. But this time I am. I do like the over in this game. I think Clemson can get in the 30s. I think South Carolina can find a way to get in the 20s. I think Spencer Rattler might throw a pick six or fumble a couple times, setting up Clemson, good field position. Give me the over 50 and a half so I can watch that over while I uh, watch Michigan-Ohio State on a second screen and not bet that game. Ryan, what do you think about this one?
1: I think it's exactly like you said. Clemson's not good enough to to lay two touchdowns on uh, in a ri- kind of a rival game, an in-state game, I guess you would call it, against a team that you know is semi competent. You know, they're a seven and four team in the SEC East. That's that's semi competent at least. So that's way too many points. But I also have no faith in Rattler, so this is a complete stay away for me. I don't even think I want to watch this game
2: (laughs) Z.
0: Well, I could have my stats wrong, but I believe Spencer Rattler threw for two fewer touchdowns in the Tennessee game than his previous season total in all games. It's like eight versus six or something like that. So he nearly doubled his touchdowns on the year in week 12. Um, so obviously he's a golden God and you must bet on him. Um, I don't think Clemson's, is, I don't think Clemson's good enough to cover 16. Yes, Ryan.
1: Is this the ultimate overrated QB coat QB game?
0: Ooh. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, it, it it's TBD on, it depends on what Rattler does, which is what I want to ask you guys. Uh, we have our Zach Mills award. This is for a quarterback that looks promising their freshman year and then gets worse and worse each year. This year, however, in year 10 of doing this show, we had two guys who we thought were our most promising Zach Mills candidates ever in the history of the show in Spencer Rattler and Bo Nix. And both of them now are really, really good. So,
2: well, Ryan, well, no, 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 no. Ratt-
1: no Rattler no. had one good game, Tom. Against the terrible Hold defense. On. An awful he's, defense.
0: He's off the list for Zach Mills. No, he
1: is not. no, he's not. He's off I'm list, on the he's committee.
0: Not
2: good. No <laughs> committee says he's on. on the com- committee says he's a finalist. Sanders right. is on. I'll tell you that much.
0: Okay. So our finalists, you know, as we head in like our, let's say our watch list, Bo Nicks is definitely off. So Rattler's still on Hank Bachmeyer of Boise state is on Spencer Sanders of Oklahoma state is on. Do we have a fourth guy? Or are we only inviting three to our, and by the way, uh, you know, the Heisman's held in New York city. The uh, Zach mills award watch list is held in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. So we, how many guys are we inviting to Wilkes-Barre?
2: Sponsored by
1: Altoona pizza.
0: (laughs) So Tyler
1: Van Dyke might make the
0: list too. I say he's (laughs) young. Give him another year. He's got, he's got a higher,
2: not at Miami floor, (laughs)
0: lower floor. (laughs) <laughs> no, oh, not at Miami. No, no, no. He'll Miami's be, gonna
2: have an entirely new team next year. All players are leaving. Tyler They're Van Dyke will be
0: Tyler Van Dyke will be uh, slinging footballs for either Willie Taggart, whoever takes over from Mike McIntyre, or he'll be at one of the uh, ULL ULM Louisiana Tech schools.
1: It's pretty good. Nope, he's going pro, and he's going to the sixth round. Let's do this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's a, that's a diaspora of choices. All right. So I, I mean, my pick is like, I guess you take the points with South Carolina, but um, I'm not taking it. And yes, uh, DJ's not good. Spencer Rattler's no. probably not good either, but it's, it's fun to pretend he is. And Shane Beamer's a good coach. I stand by that.
2: Maybe we'll find out. All right. Well, I mean, and also keep in mind, like South Carolina was always ranked like ninth for like a decade in a row. So like
0: that doesn't that's the ball coach, Dan. That doesn't count. I you can't follow I that
2: will. up. I'm just saying they were always ninth. It didn't matter how. So even though they were like always just mediocre, they were still ninth. All right. Like, this is our whatever. this
0: is our next challenge to think of for you know a few weeks from now. Uh instead of best teams of our lifetime. Most consistently ranked teams of our lifetime, Texas A&M always eighth or nine. Always ranked. South Carolina for ten years was always ranked number nine. Penn mm-hmm. State's been ranked fourteenth for like seven eight. years in a row.
2: Seven since nineteen ninety five. Yeah,
0: they always well, they bounce between. There was a
2: little. There's a little downtime. There's a, there, there was a for blip. A minute, there,
0: there was a blip, but that's that's okay. Usually,
2: they're, they're ranked fifteenth every. Year. But I, I want All you guys year.
0: for a future episode to think about teams and the specific number where they've always been ranked.
2: Mm-hmm. No problem. All right. We can talk about that.
0: You know what I'm talking right.
2: about. Let's continue on. Iron Bowl, Auburn and Alabama, Alabama minus 21 and a half total 49. Uh, this line was 26 and a half last week and has dropped five points. Because Alabama mailed it in against like Austin P or something like that, or I don't know who the fuck they played. Yeah, Austin Um, P.
0: Thirty-four nothing is mailing it in. By the way,
2: it is dropped five full points. But that's a massive line movement. Uh, Brian, what the hell is going on here? Why is it only twenty-one and a half, and why is the total only forty-nine?
1: The total forty-nine makes sense because Auburn can't score and Alabama's been having some trouble scoring themselves. I think the 49 is the, actually the best play in this game is the under. I don't know that I trust Alabama to, to completely blow them out. That's that's a lot of points. But at the same time, I could never take Auburn in this spot. They haven't proven that they deserve any type of bet at all. So for me, I'm going to take the under in this game and just watch a classic Iron Bowl game that's going to end in like two hours and 26 minutes. I
2: like it. Z.
0: Yeah. Same pick. Uh, relatively close game in an under.
2: Uh, I like Alabama and no clue on the total. Um, you know, it was just one year ago that if Auburn manages the clock collect- correctly, Brian Harson still has a job, but they did not. And he's gone. And now we have rumors. So very interesting. People forget last year's bowl game. I mean, I, or sorry, iron bowl. Auburn should have beat them and they weren't even good, but, uh, that's when um,
0: Bryce young won the Heisman. Basically that was his Heisman moment.
2: Yeah, true. All right, let's move on to Corvallis, Oregon at Oregon state, Oregon minus three total 56. Uh, very fortunate to beat Utah last week. If Cam Rising played even like a three out of ten, Utah wins that game by uh, ten points plus. But he was unbelievably bad. Three interceptions, no touchdowns, missed a wide open wide receiver on fourth down. And with all that, they lost twenty to seventeen. Bo Nix was really hurt. He couldn't run. He couldn't step into a throw. They played him just because the backup couldn't function. The backup came in for one play the entire game, fumbled the ball, Utah scooped it and scored a touchdown. It's the curse of the Oregon backup quarterback. I've never seen anything like it. Um, It's always been that way. Okay, so fast forward. Give me Oregon State in this game. Uh, If Bo Nix is injured like he was last week, Oregon's totally fucked on the road. If he's healthy and heals up, Oregon probably wins this game by seven points. But uh, as of right now, I like Oregon State, but I don't love it. Ryan, what you got? Total 56 and a half, by the way.
1: Uh, question is, is Oregon locked into the Pac-12 title game regardless of this outcome or not? If there's no path for them to make the Pac-12 title game, and this is basically just their last game of the season before the bowl, then this is a total stay away. So this, for me, this is Oregon or nothing.
2: Okay. Uh. Um. I just looked it up. Washington at one and and0 against those other two teams would get in over Oregon if Oregon loses. So if Oregon loses, Washington and Washington wins, Washington goes and plays USC.
1: All right. So I'm going
2: to take Oregon. All. all right, Z. Any thoughts on this one? It's early. It's it's three thirty your time.
0: I don't have thoughts. I will be happy to watch, and I'll be happy to see Michael Penix win the Pac-12 championship game.
2: Okay. Well, I'm sure you got thoughts on this one. Me and Ryan have no thoughts. Minnesota at Wisconsin. Wisconsin minus 3.5, total (laughs) 34.5. That's 3.5 points lower than Nebraska-Iowa.
0: Ooh, This is tough. These games keep getting getting harder. Uh, Man, I mean, after... Wisconsin's uh, barely eking out a win by one point against Nebraska last week. I guess you got to go with Minnesota, who's at least got a solid running back and not a lot going on between these two teams. Um, I will say, as you guys pointed out, the Wisconsin head coaching job is now posted online and available at uh, whatever, you know, you, you slash jobs. Is it on Indeed.
2: No, I don't know. I'm just
0: joking. I think it's just on the, like, you know, careers.wisconsin.edu. So I encourage anyone listening to go apply. doesn't matter what your background is. Just be like, I'm pretty sure I could get you to seven and five. Mm -hmm. So go on. I might throw in my, throw my hat in the ring. You know, I've been out of the game for a while, but I think I got a good case as good as, as
2: good as Paul Christ. Can't wait till it goes to the MAC in a week and a half. Oh, it's Ryan, happening. Any thought, Ryan? Any thoughts on on Minnesota, <laughs> Wisconsin?
0: <laughs> Pass. That's what we call a loaded oh. question.
2: Alright, let's move on here. Iowa State at TCU, eleven and O. TCU against home against four and seven. Iowa State Iowa State three0 out of conference one and seven in conference TCU laying nine and a half total 47 and go ahead Ryan if this game was in Ames Iowa I
1: would be shitting my pants but it's mm-hmm. not it's in Texas therefore not concerned tender team of destiny lay it with confidence
0: Z one of Iowa state's three out of conference wins is against Iowa. <laughs> Just want to bring that up.
2: That's uh, right. Big win. Lay it with our Ten Tinder seven. team.
0: Come on, man. Stick with the Tinder team. Stick with a uh, Heisman winner, Max Duggan. Let's do it.
2: Uh, No clue. Let me start with that. Um, Give me an over 47 and a half. Uh, I I think we can get there. Okay, let's just scroll through here. Let me make sure. Okay, we got one, two, three, four. Okay, yeah, we got some games left. Michigan State at Penn State. Penn State minus 18, 52 and a half. Michigan State totally fucked it up last week. And lost to Indiana, real bad loss. Uh, Penn State continues to be the easiest team to bet on. If they play Michigan and Ohio State, do not bet on them. If they play anyone else,
0: <laughs> do bet on do them. Do
2: bet on them. Yeah. Does it continue this week, Tom? 18 points.
0: Well, <laughs> yes. It's this the safe bet on paper is easily Penn State minus 17, 18, whatever it is. Um You know, Michigan state, as you mentioned, uh, as predicted on this show, lost to Indiana and, uh, they're, they're about the level this year of an Indiana Rutgers, Maryland type team, which Penn state have, have dominated. So this should be, this should be a 48 to 17 game. It really should be. Um, the only thing that scares me a little is that Michigan state is, uh, five and six. And so this is their chance to get bowl eligible. So if they care, if they want to, you know, prolong Mel Tucker's $95 million career another year, they're going to want to try in this game, but uh, there's no evidence that they care about that. So I'm going to lay it with Penn state, but um, I'm a little more hesitant than I have been against you know, Penn State versus Maryland, Rutgers, Indiana, et cetera, the last few weeks, even though talent-wise, Michigan State looks about the same. So I'll lay it. Um, I think they win by 24.
2: Ryan, any thoughts? Pass. Very good. All right, let's move on. We have two SEC games I'm going to combine into one. LSU minus 10 at Texas A&M, Tennessee minus 14 at Vandy. Which home team is more likely to win this Saturday? Ryan.
1: My God, you're going to make me take Jimbo Fisher, you asshole.
2: (laughs) No, no, I'm not. I'm not. I gave you an option.
0: (laughs) No, you didn't.
2: (laughs) Joe Milton's involved. Joe
0: Milton, baby.
2: Joe Milton. Can't a, guy who, football. a guy
0: who couldn't play for Michigan. Well, you know how Dan feels about the Michigan quarterbacks, and this is a guy who transferred out.
2: Oh, God. Rock, rock, rock bottom, and Vandy's gonna get bowl eligible with a win. How can you not take Vandy? How isn't can this, you take Vandy? Is isn't
1: this exactly the spot that Brian Kelly screws this thing up and Jimbo gets his his booster win
2: this line is ridiculous at 10 points LSU is the sixth ranked team they've beaten Alabama they look great all signs point to LSU being the powerhouse the next 10 years and you got four and seven A&M over there that can't score any points whatsoever season's over nobody cares but it feels like that weasel (laughs) Chimbo is going to get this win just to get everyone off his ass all offseason. He knows that if he wins this game, he'll be forgiven for most all the bullshit that went down this year. It's so fucking gross. Yep. Betting LSU is the squarest bet in college football history. Not just this week or this year, in the history of college football. I'm not saying it's the wrong side, I'm just saying it's the most square bet cuz the line should be like 17 and it's not. Go ahead Ryan, pick these games. What the hell is going to happen? Gun to your head, give me two final scores here. Okay. Oh god. <laughs> it's so and By the way, these were both going to be the your opinion is wrong games. I was gonna merge them into one. At the last second, I decided to go with the egg bowl. But I was gonna say, good luck picking the winner of these four SEC teams here. But anyway, go ahead. Impossible. Uh, okay.
1: All right. I'm gonna make. I'm gonna make some numbers here. I'm gonna say 24-23 LSU. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, I hate that. And then I'm gonna say. <laughs> I'm going to say 28, 17, Tennessee.
2: Tom, give me two scores. Here. I love, I
0: no, some, I'm, I love both of those scores and I'll tell no, you I what
2: I want your own scores.
0: Those are my I scores.
2: Want these, okay, good. It's All exactly right, the
0: same. Now here's the thing. I think LSU could definitely lose this game. Um if if they do, does that mean Bama is back in the SEC championship game? No. Or or it's still LSU?
2: Still LSU. Okay. Who's gonna be getting 24 points to Georgia if they lose this game, by the way? All right, here's
0: my pick now. Texas AM 24, LSU 23. Oh god. And then LSU beats Georgia in the SEC championship game.
2: Possible. That's a weird Brian year. that
0: is Brian Kelly.
2: And what do you like for Tennessee Vandy?
0: Uh I mean 28-17 sounds perfect. I'll say 28 mm-hmm. to uh, 28-19 just to throw you a curveball, but I'll take those 17 points for sure.
2: All right, I'm going to say 13-10 LSU over AM. <laughs> and then I'm going to take Vandy to beat Tennessee. I I, I like Vandy a lot plus the 14. Two SEC wins in a row. They just beat Florida. Tennessee's whole season is over. Hooker's out in ACL. The goalposts are in the river. Now that looks foolish. It just doesn't – it feels like Tennessee might just lose this game. If not, I don't think they're winning this game by three touchdowns. I just – I don't. Um, I like Vandy a lot, like a lot, a lot. I will show you the screenshot of that, but it's going to be a big one, too. <sighs> okay, Notre Dame at USC. Oh man, more nonsense! There's a lot of mm-hmm. fucking nonsense going on late night on Saturday, by the way. You strap in and pour yourself a scotch, anything can happen.
0: I'm ready for this. Um, one.
2: USC minus five total 63. USC seemed pretty emotional beating UCLA last week. Looks like they won the national championship. Um, Notre Dame sneaky under the radar, but scored a lot of points lately. Tom, take it.
0: All right. You want to talk about choke jobs, biggest choke job, multiple choke jobs of the year is Notre Dame losing to Marshall and a horrible Stanford team early in the mm-hmm. season because they had the one loss to Ohio State where they actually looked pretty decent. And now they're playing like a top 10 team. And meanwhile, you said uh, USC, you know, that was their Super Bowl. Another thing I noticed you talk about Caleb William uh, for Heisman. He's throwing it against the worst defenses I've ever seen. You know, I don't watch much Pac 12. <laughs> I've it's watched true. two Pac 12 games in two weeks, and that's, you know, I told you I watched Oregon versus Washington. I was amazed by the speed, and I was like, oh, i got to watch more of this Pac-12. I watched uh, USC-UCLA last weekend, and I was amazed by the horrid, horrid pass defense by UCLA, by both teams, really. But it's atrocious, and I think they're in for a big shock when they play a real defense like Notre Dame, and we're all going to be like, I thought Caleb Williams was the Heisman frontrunner. I thought this team's been scoring... 50 points a game. Why is it 1410 late in the third? Um, I think Notre Dame's gonna have their number. I think Notre Dame's gonna win this game outright. I think their defense will be able to play well enough to slow Williams down and end his Heisman campaign. If USC wins, I think you know it's a three-point last second field goal type thing. So uh I want Notre Dame. I think they're gonna win it outright. No use playoff.
2: if Notre Dame hadn't lost to Marshall and Stanford, and they win this game, they're in the playoff.
0: Yeah, yeah uh, exactly. It's
2: crazy, crazy. Ryan, what you think?
1: Well, since I'm the one that watches West Coast games, and Tom doesn't know what the hell he's talking about with Pac-12 defenses <laughs> because he doesn't realize that the Kyle Whittingham runs a Pac-12 defense, and so there are good defenses in the Pac-12 and USC. Beat that team this season. USC, is that wasn't their Super Bowl against UCLA. They were just excited because they beat these rich assholes from across town. It's always a big rivalry game. They just don't like them. No one likes Chip. Everyone gets excited to beat Chip's team. It's fine. They've been playing DTR for a decade. It was just, <laughs> we're good here. USC is going to smoke them. This is... Notre Dame's not as good as people think they are. They really aren't. It's a lot of smoke and mirrors. I don't believe that they can actually go up and down the field with a team as talented as USC is. So for me, give me USC. The five is nothing. Nothing at all.
2: I like the over in this game of 63. I think Notre Dame scores in the 20s or 30s. I think USC scores in the 30s or 40s. I think there's a lot of ways this over comes in. Give me the over 63. All right, got a couple random-ass games to finish out the show. Syracuse travels to Boston College. Syracuse trying to pull off the 6-0 start, six losses to end the year if they can <laughs> blow this game somehow. The old Ryan Spillett 2008 fantasy football Uh uh, move which ryan started six and zero, finished six and seven and made the playoffs <laughs> one of the great feats in fantasy football history
0: that is that is backing <laughs> into the playoff
2: it was the best ever he's like my team is so bad and he just lost every week he's like playoff bound um Anyway, Boston College can't really even play football, but Syracuse looks terrible. Is Syracuse going to be able to cover this number, Ryan?
0: Uh,
1: Cover? Not quite sure about cover. Yes, they're going to cover this. And here's why. Because Dino is going to be the first coach to go from the tarmac to actually Shang Sunging, a coach. He's going to actually go from being on the tarmac to getting someone on the tarmac in the same season. So congratulations, Dino. They're going to win this game by 20 and BC is going to fire their coach after the game.
2: Tom.
0: Ooh. I mean, both these teams just don't want to win a game, but I think BC is worse. They look horrible, man. Um, but Q laying eight points with Q scares me too. This is terrible. I definitely won't bet it in real life, but for the purposes of this show, I will lay it with cues. Ryan, uh Dino and Brett Bielema off the tarmac for good or is it Hotel California still where you never truly leave?
1: No, they're still not good football coaches in general. So, they're they're still on the watch list and they will remain there uh for the foreseeable future. <clears throat>
2: I'm taking BC plus 10 and a half. I don't give a shit. I think Syracuse is god awful. All right. Moving on. Games left. Pitt at Miami. Okay. This is very tricky. Okay. So Pitt minus six and a half. Total 43 and a half. Miami five and six trying to get to a bowl. Last week, Pitt beat Duke as expected. Ticket to seven and four. Duke's now seven and four. Now you think Pitt's going to win this game with ease because they're the better team, but Nardog getting in an airplane, flying to South Beach, he can't be trusted. Do not bet this game, America. Whatever you do, do not bet this game. Do not. I don't even want to hear picks out of either of you two guys. I'm just telling you right now, something weird's gonna happen. Very, very weird. All I was gonna huh. say is
0: if you are gonna write, if you are gonna, you know, future classes at the University of Pittsburgh will study Pat Narduzzi as a class, and your senior thesis, your capstone project will be on this season. This is the most Nard Dog season of all Nard it Dog is. seasons. Mm-hmm. They almost beat Tennessee when they were good.
2: Yeah. And they can lose to anybody as well. They are the Minnesota Vikings of college football. Good enough to beat or lose to anyone at any given time. They can actually probably play Georgia and give them the best game of anybody in the country. But they right. also might lose to Vandy on a neutral field. You have no idea whatsoever. Last game of the night, Washington at Washington State, the Apple Cup. Nice job by the Washington schools. Nine and two Washington, seven and four Washington State. Great years for both. Uh, some nice head coaching hires for both schools. Um, instant uh, improvement for both teams. Washington minus two and a half, total 59. I'll take this one. Uh, I know it's a rivalry game, but Washington's a better team with a better quarterback and a better coach. It's under a field goal. I like Washington a great deal in this game. I think they get it done. I think uh, Big Brother shows Little Brother what's going on. Ryan, what you think about this one?
1: Yeah, I think it's exactly what what you said. It comes down to the quarterback. And right now, one quarterback is much better than the other one. And that's because one quarterback is left-handed. And so he's clearly the superior quarterback. I will put my money... On the left-handed quarterback.
2: Mm -hmm. Z, any thoughts on this one? You will not be awake, but any thoughts on this game?
0: Two thoughts. The reason the quarterback is so good. It's not just because he's left-handed. It's because he was forged in fire in a real conference (laughs) in the big 10 East baby. And then he came out to play some JV ball out on the West coast. That's why he's so good. But what I really want to talk about is, uh, I'd like to do a check-in on former Washington state head coach, Nick Rolovic. Can either of you (laughs) update me on his latest status?
2: High school, baby.
0: (laughs) Yes. Congrats on his new job coaching high school football.
2: Sad times for Rolo. All he had to do, all he had to
0: do was get a shot. Now he's down in high school.
2: Went from division one to playing on Friday night, every, every week. Not great, you know, and uh, yeah, Hawaii football's also terrible. He should have just got the shot and stayed on the Island, but no, he fucked it all up. All right. Well, that concludes all the games I have. Are there any ones that you guys briefly want to mention?
1: Ryan? Tom, are you, de- are you seeing, are you declining or are you passing time? I'm, I'm passing me. to
0: you first.
1: Oh, me to go first. Yeah. Okay, that's easy. I got one game and one game only to talk about this week. And that is, I love Troy minus 13 and a half at Arkansas State.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I thought we weren't making fun of coaches this week. It happens naturally. I I didn't
1: have anything negative to say. I think Troy is really, really good. They're nine and two. It's less than two touchdowns. That is an easy, easy pick for me.
2: Very good.
0: That's all you got? All right. Uh, I love a shootout in Rutgers, Maryland, classic Big Ten game. But the game I really want to focus on is Army minus, nine, minus 18 against UMass. Now, we know that Army beat the great Yukon by 17 last week. And uh, UMass, oh, they hung with an SEC team, right? So they're going to (laughs) be, of course, if they can lose by 17 to an SEC school, they'll be able to hang with Army, right? No, Army's going to triple option their ass back to Springfield. Army's going to win this game like 56 to 20. Domination, they're going to rack up like 490 rushing yards. Army all day, every day.
2: Good pick. Tom. And AM really like AM pick. will
0: still be ranked 24th.
2: Yes, they are. Okay, well, thank you everyone for bearing with us for the lot of lines this week. Long show. Is there anything you want to mention here at the end, Tom?
0: Yes, I have a question for you guys. I you know, there's too many documentaries these days, and I just saw there's one uh, coming to Netflix or maybe just out on Netflix about Pepsi Points in the nineties. Uh, we all know the story, Pepsi points, uh, you know, you collect them. Uh, some guy won a airplane. There was like a joke, you know, oh, collect, uh, a hundred. You get a t-shirt, collect 200. You get a sweatshirt, collect a million and you get a, uh, your own airplane. It was a joke. They didn't expect it to happen. And some guy actually went out and did it and then sued them to give them, to give him the airplane. So they made a documentary on that, which seems Completely unnecessary, but it is a classic 90s tale. So my question for you guys, if we can make a documentary about some random stupid thing from the 90s, what kind of documentary are we making? We've just been given $10 million from Netflix to make a documentary on literally anything we want. So what is it, Dan? I'm
2: going to go with the rise of EA Sports. Uh, I want to hear about how they came up with all with all the video games and what went into it and why they were so popular and how they took America by storm. And then they also took the world by storm by creating FIFA, uh, which is probably the most popular video game ever, I'm guessing. Um, just an unbelievable job. Uh, EA Sports, I mean, think of how many hours in our lifetime We've, we've played an EA sports video game. Can you even imagine what that number is? I mean, it's remarkable. If I go to heaven and if there's a heaven and God's going to say, what question do you have? I'm going to say, how many hours worth of EA sports video games that I play? And he's going to give me the total. I'm going to say, God damn, that's a lot of hours. Um, he's going to be like, you're in the yeah. wrong,
0: you're actually in the wrong place. Thank you for reminding me.
2: Yeah. That or, uh, the rise of fighter games, mortal Kombat and street fighter. I want a full breakdown on how the characters were created, why they added finishing moves to mortal Kombat, and, uh, the whole hysteria. And we can talk about the movies that were filmed and all that. So that's what I would be into. Ryan's got some non video game takes <laughs> that are very funny. Go right Good, Cause I've got a video
0: game one also. So we'll, we'll do a Ryan sandwich. Here. Great.
1: Uh well well my initial one that I said sent to you guys was uh was the the Kushball. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like it was it didn't exist and then it was like a thing and then it was everywhere and then they just I haven't seen one in 30 years and I don't know what happened to them but they used Goosh to be Ball. everywhere.
2: I so that's about an interesting
1: those. That's an interesting one. What what happened to that? That guy got really rich and then hopefully just cashed out. Uh and then the one that was suggested by our friend Jesus Mel Verde, who suggested the rise and fall of the starter jacket. And that is actually the great, the greatest answer of 90s stuff was was that. So for me, I want to know where where that all came from. Who came up with the starter jacket? Who made it popular and why did it become not cool out of nowhere all of a sudden?
2: Uh, I I would like to quickly mention that if you are in my home right now and you go to my refrigerator, there's a photo on my refrigerator of me and Tom both wearing starter jackets (laughs) from 1995. Still, it's on the fridge. It'll always stay on the fridge. He's got the Penn State. I got the Penguins. uh, Classic. The best jacket PA. of all time. The best jacket of all time. It had the big velcro pouch right in the front, which you could stash like a whole loaf of bread in. Beads. I mean,
1: just- remember, remember, you had to be if you had the, you had to collect the beads on the string to be the cooler. The more beads you had, the cooler you were. Oh yeah, good call. Forgot yeah, about the, the, beads. the beads
0: would be like they would be. Um, like that version of the teardrop tattoo, they would be like from your old deceased starter jackets. You would add them to the new starter jacket.
1: Or you would just walk through dicks and just randomly grab beads and just yank and pull them off the other jackets. So you can just steal them and collect them. That was the other option.
0: See, you're, you're, uh, you're going to be arrested for grand larceny from Camillus Mall. If it still existed, this is a perfect transition talking about malls to what I was going to say. But first I've got to mention like eight other things that have been sparked. So number one, the, uh, Dick sporting goods, having worked there, I learned the funniest lesson of working in retail ever. One of the guys who was like 24 when I first started there, I was, you know, 18. He goes, this is the most important thing you need to know. If somebody asks you for something, just say, no, just tell them we don't have that. And then right when he said that the (laughs) phone rings and he's like, uh, huh, no, no, we don't have that. As he's talking on the phone, he's leaning on a stack of golf balls that are, you know, up to his elbow. He's like, no, no, all out. No, thank you. Hangs up. He goes, yeah, they wanted to know if we had golf balls. And so I'm like, this guy's a true hero. Um, and then Dan, what I was going to say to you when we make the uh, EA sports documentary, which I fully support, there are two scenes that need to be in it. They might have to be recreated. One would be when your friend who worked for EA Sports brought a bunch of uh, sample video games to my apartment and we played them. And if they were good, we kept them. And the bad ones, we would throw out the window. Yep. And apparently apparently, somebody like almost hit the maintenance person in the head as they were working in the alley. And then we got True reprimanded. Uh, and then that's, I believe that same Brokey. friend- Gave us all t shirts that had our names and numbers on them and were like EA Sports. Uh, uh what was I it? I forgot about that. It was it skiing was, or something, or winter X games, maybe
2: it, it was fucking snowboarding. It was a snowboarding video game. Okay, and we all wore the shirts out to the bar and said they we were we were part of the EA Sports not just the team. bar.
0: The, the, the uh, ESPN zone in (laughs) Times Square, we got like a special table. They thought we were, they thought we were the EA sports X Games snowboarding team. And we got this like long table with a dozen of us all wearing these giant, this is, you know, New York city where like, you can't even get in a place if you're not wearing brown shoes, we're all wearing like my, I had like an XXL that was down to my knees and we're just like, yeah, we're the snowboarding team. Let us in please.
2: All those shirts were sleeveless. I came in at like 295 pounds at, 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 at that age. There was 0% chance I was ever on a snowboard. It was like, yep, I'm on the team. And they didn't question shit.
0: And the funny thing is, yeah, we all just, it was, there was only one size. It was like double XL. Pod. And so I like that's when I lived in New York City and like I had no money and I barely ate any. Oh I ate God. peanut butter and jelly every that. day, so I think I weighed like one fifty. And so I was like swimming in this shirt. <laughs> so we had what? we had the whole team down at the ESPN. Why zone. did we come
2: down to New York City at all? Like I, like it was me. You guys came to Tiki. visit me,
0: but but I had an apartment that Why? was like two hundred square feet, and you're like, I'm gonna bring a couple friends, and then you I came did. down with, brought- like eleven friends. <laughs>
2: There, I brought three people with me and four of us showed up to your like <laughs> tiny apartment. We're like, we're good. <laughs> and I don't know what happened. We just drank a lot and we, uh, we ended up at like some club. I remember. I, we I went to the
0: remember. no dancing club. There was a, there was a club by me that had a sign that said no dancing. And there were people dancing right in front of it. And your friend, Mike Roberts, our friend, Mike Roberts was yelling at the people. He's like, look at the sign, read the sign.
2: No, God. Okay. And then the guy that worked for EA sports hooked up with the playmate from 1993. Remember that? Yes. She was recently divorced, but was still wearing the wedding ring. (laughs) True story. He was like, she was a playmate. We're like, yeah, but you were four years old when she was a playmate. He's like details, details, details.
0: All right. There's always a segue. So speaking of 1993, I'll wrap the show up with my documentary on Aladdin's castle. And the rise and fall of mall arcades, specifically Aladdin's Castle, but what I really want to talk about is how, you know, at-home video consoles kind of took over in the early '90s and took us all out of the Aladdin's Castle into playing the video games at home. And uh, we gained a lot, but I feel like something was also lost. We lost our Aladdin's Castle community, Dan, so that we could play uh, FIFA in Burns's basement. Mm -hmm. and uh
2: sacrifice is how to be made
0: I feel like there's a there's a microcosm of the world to be learned in the Aladdin's castle story can be some cool cool scenes of us collect calling your mom to come pick us up all right I don't know how we got onto this topic and I'm probably gonna have to cut the last 20 minutes but uh thanks for all who endured this podcast and everyone who listens in general have a great Thanksgiving we'll be back next week with a show about all the championship games and you know more to come so Happy Thanksgiving,
2: the points, the the points, the the points, Take the pack take the points, take the points, take the points.
0: Take the point, 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 take the point. points, take the points, take the points, take the point, 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 take the point.